Bones are amazing things. They hold us up. They support us. They make us strong. But bones have other uses. In the past, bones were thrown by diviners, seeking out the mysteries of the future. Now the bones are cubes, made of plastic or resin. But they still reveal things to us, as they fall from our fingers and rattle across the table. The story becomes clear. Welcome to Bone Throwers Theater, an RPG actual play podcast. Welcome back to Bone Throwers Theater. My name is Jeff. I usually play Jer. And this is Jeremy. Usually playing Julian Frustrated Illix. <laughs> Very frustrated. This is Aaron playing Sam, usually. This is Ellie, uh, usually playing Archie. This is Johnny playing How Am I Still Alive? Chime. <laughs> and I'm Jordan, and I'm playing I Go Easy on You All, GM, Game Master. Uh, I think you have a hard time understanding what going easy on someone means. But I mean, I'm like... You like, were flashbangs tonight. <laughs> could be worse. Everybody could have been through fighting. I had fun today. I'm not going to lie. I had fun today. I had a lot of fun, too. And a lot of infuriation at the same time. <laughs> that last episode was amazing and That's infuriating. Oh, my God. It's so infuriating. <laughs> it's the kind of stuff where if you were watching it as a movie, you'd be like, this is fantastic. But since I'm controlling a character in it, I'm like, this is all going wrong. <laughs> See, from Archie's point of view, this is ending on a good note. And from my point of view, Ellie, ending on a good note. Especially a lot of today was just getting through things. I mean, we had a few interesting points here and there, like we'll discuss. But I honestly think ending on this action-packed episode was a nice thrill for the day. Oh, in my opinion. Story-wise, is great. It is great. I'm also glad we ended here tonight, because I imagine within the next two or three episodes, we're going to be at each other's throats again. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that things are going to go seriously down. Yeah. Seriously down for all of us, or between yeah. us? Yes. 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 Okay. <laughs> yes. I mean, I really was only trying to help Jeff accomplish one of Jared's goals from very early in the game. Yeah. But that's all I'm trying to do. Right, yeah, that's yeah. all you're trying to do. Right, okay. Right after this whole reconciliation between Jer and his elemental. You're like, <laughs> well, now I'm going to help him out with what he said in the first place. I knew the void was going to be a big part of this session. Oh, uh, Julie, I did not expect that. No. At all. No, not at all. In the past, we had made the assumption that the helmet was the key for making people disappear. Right. We just learned that is not the case. So is it the void that makes everybody disappear, or what is the trigger for that? Well, the trigger is obviously something happening to the helmet is the trigger. We assume that it was, oh, you had to be wearing the helmet. Apparently there's another component involved in that as well, so you don't necessarily have to be wearing the helmet. You didn't look at the helmet. He was wearing the helmet the whole time. What? He had attached a chain with a bracelet on it. And so he was wearing the bracelet. And when he threw it and shot it, he was still wearing it technically. Oh. So he had it attached to himself. Hold yeah. your fire. Yeah. 
yeah, that exactly. kind of thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was he was it was wearing a... the helmet. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my bad. How do I cover this up? <laughs> Technicality is my mistress. <laughs> but it was just one. At least for Julian, that final scene right there was one disappointment and like punching the gut right after another because he wanted to save Katari. The last thing Katari said to him before maybe she's dead is kill Katana. Uh-huh. And he was like, I'm going to make this and killing shot right now. Reflexes. And that doesn't happen. He gets a second chance. That doesn't happen. And then he's got this information in his brain that there's this void who's been fixated on Julian specifically. And then he shows up and takes Jer. And that's like the first time he sees him. It's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. On the other hand, it makes me as a player and probably Sam feel better seeing Julian not take out Katana. Because Sam went toe-to-toe with Katana and wasn't able to do it. Julian has taken out multiple council members. No, just one. Just just the shadow. Julian had another epic shot on Del Linden, but didn't didn't take him out. Yeah. So in Sam's eyes, Sam's a little bit more competitive. All right. Sam wasn't the only one who wasn't able to take this person out. It's sort of like a validation moment. Yes. Yeah. So it's not just me that couldn't do it. Katana is actually B.A. Yeah. Yeah. Although, I mean, considering how OP the entire party is, you know, it's really impressive when you consider what your enemies are like. Yeah. 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 You guys were doing some overpowered, top-tier kind of power moves. Well, some of it has to do with our characters have been creative, and our characters have had a lot of time working together that has developed some of that capability. Oh, and I love rewarding that. I wouldn't say that these characters are any more OP than any of our other characters that we have played in a long campaign, just in the fact that we've got to develop these characters a whole lot more. Like, thinking about the end of Angel's Guard, we thought, man, our characters are doing some really good stuff. Yeah. That was two seasons. Yeah. Imagine if we did four seasons of Angel's Guard, and it would be like, uh... Grayson and Demetrius are doing what together? Yeah, right. And <laughs> Benedict is now the voice of God. What? <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's four seasons worth of strengthening powers. Yeah. And now, yeah. Which kind of makes sense. The way we built the world is this uber council that is in charge of everything. I mean, it's taken us this long to be able to level up to go toe-to-toe and barely survive. Yeah. I also feel like we've been getting freer and freer with some of the capabilities of the magic system. Yeah. By playing more with the control element, conjure element. You know, some of the the spells that we're doing would be a higher target number if we built them out by the rule book. But because we are a little bit faster and looser with rules, it allows for more creativity. It allows for a little bit more flashy-type magic that makes it fun. Well, I think the rule set is built for that because of those things that are in there that say, oh, control element, conjure element, those things where you can offer some wiggle room. Oh, I want to do this with this element. All right, that's a control element. Or you can go through the painstaking task in 
d6 and create the specific spell that does it. So yeah, yeah. But we're always we're always going to trend more towards the fast and loose, flashy, cinematic style stuff. Like what Jeremy was saying earlier. Like you want to see this as like an action movie or a major event rather than be tied down by rules. Exactly. We care much more about a good story than a rule set. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody had some real moments to shine today, I felt like. Definitely. I thought that Julian with the investigations was really cool. Archie during combat was amazing. Yeah. 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 Time reaching out and calming Jer's elemental through Julian was really cool. And Jer finding 20 elementals who are hiding underneath the citadel mm-hmm. yeah that's a big plot twist right there oh yeah it is because yeah. because we're all thinking all right healing hands council there's the two just hey, wait what is this group that's just laying dormant underneath of the city right <laughs> well, one of the things that i thought was really awesome about that scene was jer having to convince his elemental to work with him <laughs> yeah it was just an odd situation because he was opposing a force that wasn't truly opposing him. So, was thinking about this. Was it the reason we were attacked in the sewer just because we were too close to their hiding spot? Trespassers. Okay. That makes sense. And that's why I changed from help us to let us pass. Yeah. So I, I have an idea of who those that group is, and they could be a big help later. At the climax of the story. Yeah. There's not that much later. Holy cow. Actually, I really appreciate how Katana has become the big bad of the story. I don't see Katana being taken out at this point. She might disappear. She might live. She might die. It's really undetermined at this point. I could see, like, her not... The Council Falls. I can see that. Or is reinvented, totally gutted and restructured. But it's still the council, but it's not the same people, entities. It's close. It's close. It's hanging by a thread at this point. Right. And not all of those council members are, obviously not all of them are dead. Maybe I could see Katana making it out and Katana is in exile. She's like on the run. And as the group goes their separate ways, that's what Julian does. Is His, his mission is just to track her down. And that's how the story ends. You think that we're all going to go our separate ways? For some of us, that is a viable option. For others, yeah. I don't think there is no going separate ways. It's going to be two characters in particular, I think, are going to duke it out, and one's going to be left standing and the other's not. Probably. Oh, speaking of one's going to be left standing and the other's not, so I ended this wounded. I'm going to start the next one wounded. Yes. Yes, there's not enough time for healing. Correct. And Jerry's not there to heal you. Yeah. Yeah. Although I would recommend that all of you boost your characters, if at all, tonight before you go. But still leave plenty of character points to use. Yeah, we use a lot of character points tonight. Yes. You guys were having horrible dice. We used a lot of everything tonight because our rolls were awful. Oh my gosh. Our rolls were terrible. It was almost humorous, like watching how bad the rolls were. Like, if I don't roll a one on this wild die, I can easily roll an 18. Oh, look, it's a one on the wild die. And then a one and a two. Julian's going to take a second (laughs) shot at Katana. 
All right, she's down two dice, so this should be pretty good. One on the wild die, oh. And then a bunch of low numbers. Yeah, two, three, two. So, on dice rolling, I would like to raise a proposal that electronic dice are not kosher in that the random number generation for dice is pseudo-random, and it's not true randomness as you get with a dice. That would just be something that I think would be beneficial in the future. Only because I know the code behind it and it's not an actual random number. Like it's yeah. only partially random. Yeah. And I have noticed that if I roll a single number on a single die, it typically repeats multiple times before I get another number. It's not as random as I would like. Yeah. I was going to say, although I don't think that would have helped us tonight with how we were naturally rolling our no, dice. No, it would. No, it <laughs> it, it wouldn't have made a bit of difference. Except for maybe that one shot against Katana. May, yeah, and maybe that. That's the one. The first shot. Yeah, the first shot. That's the one time it may have made a difference. Maybe. Which changes the whole ending of the session if Julian makes that first shot. Because if he makes that first shot, guess what? Even the void is gone. Yeah. Yes. He vanishes. And it was a close thing. That's what I was hoping for. I was like, well, just take out one, and the other one's gone too, at least for the time being. Yeah. Just the thought that I had about the random dice. Yeah, I could see that in your head when I said I was using the Google. Yeah. I really don't know how much of a difference it makes. but To me, honestly, it feels about as random as my green dice. Okay. Which are also weird, so I guess it doesn't matter. But, you know, I do use, like, a tower and everything to help with the randomization. I do try to make sure that everybody gets a fair shake. I just have luck. All right, let's go ahead and talk about our point. I'm going to give everybody 15 character points. Yes! Because tonight was a humdinger of a session. Oh, yeah, it was. That means I almost have points to upgrade something. Hey, that lets me upgrade my physique and still have 10 points left over. You think 10 points is enough? I don't know. I mean, have you seen his physique? Yeah. So, uh, real quick question. Did we have any birthdays between this session and our, our last session? Nope. Next session will be Jeremy. Yep. Next session will be Jeremy's? Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait. But we're ending the campaign, so that means I actually am not getting that point. <laughs> Can right. I get it in advance? <laughs> what is this, a paper route? You can take that out of the point bank. I win. I have 42 character points. 52. Oh, yeah, the life. Yes, the answer to that. 60. How do you guys have points? I have like 22 character points. <laughs> all I have. You actually use them to build your character. I have 30. I have not used any of mine in the last two sessions because I know we're reaching the end. I don't want to stockpile as much as possible to spend what I need to spend and still have some left over. So let's go ahead and talk about character advancement, role-playing, and food. Uh, poor Aaron and I are a little bit out on the food, but... Um, yes, yes, you are. We will go with your consensus. So which one do we want to talk about first? Food, oh. that's so easy. Food first, really? Yeah. It's easy? I'm going for cheesecake. Jeff made a Biscoff and Nutella, uh, Nutella cheesecake. That sounds delicious. It was very good. I made what I was talking about for like the past two sessions whenever we discuss whether pineapple belongs on pizza or not. I got rid of the tomato sauce, which is my issue with pineapple pizza, and I replaced mm-hmm. it with uh, a teriyaki glaze, and it was fantastic. It, it was, was awesome. Good. It was it really was. good. I 
took one bite, and I was like, I am making this all the time now. Not just for bone stores, but just whenever <laughs> I want pizza, this is what I'm going to make. And, Johnny, you were making meatballs? If no, those weren't meatballs. They were bacon-wrapped dates stuffed with goat cheese. Those are pretty tasty. They were good. They were. You wrap bacon around anything, and it makes it better. That is fantastic. Why did you have to snow? Oh. <laughs> Ellie, what'd you bring? Loaded potato soup and homemade garlic bread. Yum. So cheesecake for Ellie. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to vote for uh, Ellie's uh, potato soup. Ah. Jeff, you're voting for cheesecake as well? Yeah. Because that was really yummy. Oh, it was good. So two for cheesecake. Me not being a soup person, I did not partake of the soup portion. But, but I did have the garlic good. bread. Which was really good. Mm. Which was fantastic. My girl. So, my vote would actually be garlic bread. <laughs> so, we have a tie. Yeah. Well, roll off. So, it's going to be a roll off. Roll off. Single die. Oh! oh. oh. It's a tie. Right. Two fives. No, I have no <laughs> All right. Oh. Uh, Jeff, gets it. Cheesecake one. Cheesecake one. All right. The other stuff is hard. Yeah. yeah. Role playing. Mm. That's actually a tough one. I was looking back through the notes to see there really wasn't a lot of role play options. I'm going to go with, uh, with Jeremy. I'm trying to think of what I did. Yeah. You had a well, nice ending there. It was multiple things. Yeah. So he did his investigation thing, which is totally a Julian thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was that. I remember having to make that conscious choice. I was like, all right, we got to find Sam, got to find Sam, got to find Sam. Wait, we're where the council lives and we know which all of them are? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just got sucked in by all the info that he could gather at that point. And he had the moment of slinging up that rifle. Your sister got a message for you. <laughs> and that would have been so much better if he actually hit. <laughs> That was the killing shot. That would have been so much better. <laughs> it was still really... That was a pretty great line, though. And it was, again, it was that character moment. It's Julian, rather than analyzing the situation, trying to figure out, all right, which of these two is going to be the, the one that I could kill in a single shot? There was no analysis needed. It was, here's Katana. This is what I'm doing. I think that's why I would vote Julian as well. So Julian has two votes so far. And there's the whole thing with a Jer... Convincing his elemental to stop the other ones. I'm going to piggyback off of Aaron in regards to Jeremy's character. But down in the sewers, just acting on impulse again. Trying to gather the um, elemental to speak to it. <laughs> I just imagine that being halfway comical. Uh-huh. <laughs> you close up of Jer, like... An intense head conversation, and every once in a while you see in the back just, just <laughs> flailing around holding water. Yes, that'd be very comical in a movie. It's like Jane from Firefly. Yeah. Trying to grab the sparkly. Uh huh. Yeah. But yeah, I, I would have to agree. He had a lot of moments where he was in character, and it was a lot of moments where there was no hesitation. He acted upon impulse, and he had to do what he had to do. Especially at the end there, where we ended off with him just marching down the hallway, not explaining to any of us what he's doing, just gathering information, gathering and tearing apart the room, and tapping his gauntlet and he's ready to go. Mm. Well, I would vote Jeff 
for the conversation with convincing his elemental. That actually, knowing that how the conversations usually go with the elemental, I was like, oh man, this is going to be awkward. But then, Jeff, your argument for talking to the elemental, that's where I was like, oh man, that's the episode title right there. Yeah. That was a great in-character moment that really conveyed a theme throughout the entire episode. So, my vote would be for Jer. I vote Jer. Three Julian, two Jer. All right. So, what Jeremy just said regarding Jer's conversation with his elemental is part of why I'm going to say Jer for best character development. There's two big things that I think Jer really accomplished. One of them was continued cooperation with his elemental and having this, this discussion, this working relationship. And then also Jer is probably about to find Rednecks Nears Elemental as well. Which I know probably. 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 I think there's a pretty good chance. Which, if that happens, here's one of the I reasons... I Rednecks Nears. No, here's one of the reasons why I think now it's going to come down to two players and one of them is going to be dead. It's because not only is that the Elemental, the one that the group is looking for, Two, that Shade wants dead. But three, we kind of got the hint last session that that elemental is now sick because it's been tortured so much. Yeah. So if that happens, I could see the entire group being against Jer. Ooh, that is not how I would have expected that to go. I think it really depends on how Jer plays out. Yeah, yeah. And the elemental play out. Yeah. It also depends on what actually happens with Jer. Yeah. Yes. We're pretty sure they're going to remove his water elemental. But leave him empty? They leave open him empty? Yeah, leave him empty or... Yeah, I guess we there, there are some assumptions made there. And we're giving Jordan some fodder and we should stop. <laughs> I've got two, maybe three things to consider for character advancement. One, and we talked about it a little bit before... Just the display of power from Archie in that fight scene. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. At the same time, it's not anything that players were truly like taken back by. Like, oh, I, didn't, I had no idea. We, we all knew that's possible. But just the use of that creativity of the powers and being like, all right, Archie's going to do all of this at once. And how willing is somebody normally to say, I'm going to literally reduce myself voluntarily by a die to accomplish more than one thing and then manage both things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then here's the second thing. Chime. The fact that Chime entered the home that looked familiar to him, saw all the memory triggers of his family, initially got agitated, and then when it came time to do something else, dropped it. That's true. Mm Mm-hmm. And did what was necessary. I was like, that for that's for Chime? That's definite character. Because... I didn't go into panic mode. Yeah, up until then, anything yeah. like that just set Chime off. And it took a lot to rein Chime back in. Mm-hmm. And this time it didn't. It was like, alright, let's just quench this fire, get it out. Oh, wait. Sam's here? Alright. Okay, now let's go do what we set out to do. Yep. And just left it. If that had happened at the beginning of the campaign, Chime oh, would yeah. have been... In a corner. Oh, yeah. He would have been uh, in the corner, or he would have ran out of the building, or... Even if it had happened last season. 
Yeah. If it had happened mm-hmm. last season, he would have been holding a gun to Jer saying, douse this place. If yeah. you don't, I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> yeah. Can I change my answer? <laughs> I mean, no consensus has been reached yet, so... Yeah, yeah. then I'm going to shift to Chime. I think that's a, that's a really good point that I had missed. I like it. Yeah. I think that's a, the most powerful display of a change in from the session, so that's my vote is for Chime. And it was a subtle thing, too. Yeah, yeah, it's the fact that it was subtle that made it powerful. Yeah. That it wasn't a big yeah. deal to shift focus at that point. For Chime. Hmm. I can give you a reason for that. It's because of Archie. Because they took Kohler's Elemental and put it back into Archie. So he's had to, to process it and yes. move through it that way. Uh-huh. Okay. Nice. Which brings up a question, and I asked some of these people here in the room, this in-between episodes. It makes me wonder, who is living in the North apartment? Yeah. It makes me wonder if it is actually new body, it's a new person, but is it a still North family member? Why would they be in a new body but still have all of the old family history displayed as their own? Unless it's the mother. So the flame proxy is definitely not mentally stable. I think that when that proxy looks at itself in the mirror, it still sees North. Okay. Okay. And there could be a reason for that, and we've discussed that. Johnny and I discussed that because we like the theory, and we're running with the theory that North Belisera is named North Belisera because of the North family. There was two founding families of the nation, North and Belisera, and that's why the country is called North Belisera. And why there's no South Belisera. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so maybe that particular elemental... One of the originals... Yeah, and maybe he's been passed down through the North family for generations. And that's why it chooses to re- remain identified as North. All right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps everything up. Any last thoughts before we close off this session? We got one more play session for Elements of War. I'm just thinking back. I remember the last time where we ended Angel's Guard. We were like, man, I don't know what it's going to be like to not play these characters more, but playing these characters for four seasons? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, you know, it all depends on what our next campaign is. Like, Yeah, I, I really feel like we need to, to have a complete breakaway because both of our most recent campaigns have been urban fantasy campaigns. Are we planning on shooting for something a little lighter, or uh, are we going to keep it dark? Uh, this group, I think it's going to go dark. I would prefer... Here's what I would prefer. I would prefer to do almost a episode of the week style Star Trek The Next Generation type of campaign. I don't think that's going to happen. I, don't, I think that this is it's going to rapidly turn into Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. We build the world with so many rabbit trails, it's hard to just... And we like to see, hey, what if this ties into this? What if this yeah. ties into yeah. this? So it's like, uh, it's hard to do truly episodic things and not we be painting that. a big picture. We could do it more X-Files episodic style, where there is the underlying yeah. big story. And I kind of hope to do that, um, to have a big underlying story. So, we'll see. Anyway, I was just, I was just saying, sure. leaving this campaign is going to be like ripping the <laughs> Band-Aid off. It's going to yeah. be like, oh, there's no more of yeah. Consiglio. 
we built this city and destroyed it 50 times. Are we stretching <laughs> ways to connect our next story to this one somehow? No, no, we've already put a stop to linchpinning. So, Ellie, since this has been the only campaign you've known this group with, that means like, I'm not coming back. You, you're not coming back? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> how does it feel with the idea of moving beyond these characters? Because I feel like we've grown comfortable with the idea from one shots and having at least one campaign with the four or five of us together. So jumping from in the middle of one campaign, writing it out to the end, and then going to a completely new campaign. Do you have any thoughts or anticipations about that? It's funny that you ask that because Patrick literally asked me that last week when I told him that we have dates set for this, you know, session. And he's like, isn't it like sort of going to a close? And he asked the same question that you just did. And I had to like sit there and like think, wow, it's kind of like, like we said, a couple years in the making and then I'm so comfortable with this character now. There is no other words for it. Jeremy's mm -hmm. right. It's like ripping off a Band-Aid. It's like leaving your home and finding a new one. I'm just so comfortable. I have enjoyed <laughs> this character. It's actually... Like ripping off a Band-Aid. Yeah. This character that I've played has been the one that has broadened my spectrum and my role-playing for this entire, you know, gameplay. And yeah. every other campaign I've played with other people now, I usually play men. I, I noticed that I like a... Because I became so comfortable in playing this character, I was comfortable of just only playing men. <laughs> so, the other side of your question is, I'm actually nervous but excited to play a totally different character and step out of that comfort zone for this new campaign. Yep. Because I know that you guys always like pull me out of that shell every session from the very beginning of Archie to now such a difference in myself and how I play, but I am very nervous to see the new character brought to life and see how you guys pull that out of me. So that'll be interesting. I'm really excited to take you from like all of the preparatory work we do with creating the world together. And I think that doing a fiasco session as our session zero is going to be a great way to really build character oh. cohesion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because that was one of the great things I liked about Angel's Guard was that and there was the, the fiasco-style relationships to start off the season. Yeah. And that, that, that really helped us not be as separate as we were in this one. Because in this one, it took us an oh entire God. series to... Half a season. To, and, yeah. yeah, an entire half season to get together, get together as a group. And it took the dome blowing up to get us together <laughs> as a group. Yeah. And what's the I, first thing yeah, we yeah. did? We killed a seven-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, folks. Well, I think I'm going to go ahead and log off. Thank you so much for a wonderful play session. Yes, thank you. And until next time, may the bones fall in your favor. Or my favor. Either way. It's okay with me. <laughs> not, not Jordan's favor. They did tonight. <laughs> Your bones fell in my favorite, that's for sure. Thank you for listening to Bone Thrower's Theater. Our cast is Aaron, Ellie, Jeff, Jeremy, Johnny, and Jordan. We are releasing this podcast under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0 unported license. That means you can share the podcast, but please do not modify it or try to gain financially from it. 
If you would like to visit our website, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater.com. If you would like to send us an email, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is bonethrowerstheater. You can also look us up on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And until next time, may the bones fall ever in your favor. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production.